For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Larry Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. Jordan's going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and gets a nice pass from Larry Hughes. Hello, Wizards fans. Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moderno. We've got two very different parts of the show for you here today. The first part, we're going to do over-under on win totals for everyone in the Eastern Conference. Last week, we had our full Eastern Conference preview. This week, it's just going to be, here's what I'd be willing to bet on based on the win totals projected for each of those teams. I may not totally match up with what we talked about last week in our preview and where we have them broken into tiers, but I think it probably should for the most part. But but this is what I'd be willing to put money on and, and put my money where my mouth is about actually some of last week's predictions. So we'll go through each of those win totals. And then the second half of the show is going to be an old interview. It was actually the first interview that Larry Hughes and I ever did on this podcast. It was during the early parts of the COVID-19 pandemic with Francis Tiafo, one of the, at the time, young rising American tennis stars on the ATP tour. He most recently made a deep run in the semifinals of the U.S. Open. You've probably seen that if you follow the Wizards at all. They've been showing him a lot of love. Uh, some of the commanders have as well. And it's been just really cool to see uh, all these kind of D.C. sports figures come together. He is from the DMV. He's a really cool story. We talked about that uh, on the pod with him and where he comes from. His dad took a janitorial job at a tennis facility just so he and his brother could get court time and access to courts. And he really kind of like grew more in love with the sport and continue to work on his game and improve. And now he's the number 19 ranked player in the world, which is crazy. And I had a couple big upsets against higher ranked players. So it's just a really nice thing for the DMV to have another like positive story. And maybe some of his like positive vibes can rub off on the wizards this season. I don't know. We'll, we'll hope, but he's a good success story for the other wizards to follow. And like I said, hopefully uh, it's a sign of things to come for the DMV that he's the first of many dominoes to fall in, in our favor. And we just wanted to kind of revisit our interview with him because he is a Wizards fan and he has some cool stuff. And uh, hearing, you know, he and Larry go back and forth about sort of the different sports I, I thought was really interesting. So, again, those are kind of the two pieces. And, uh, yeah, by the time, you know, we, we've got another week or so, we should be getting ready for like actual preseason basketball and things like that. So we'll have more direct Wizards related stuff for you here. and. As always, rate, review, subscribe, and we were presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
BetOnline, where the game starts. With that, let's just get to these win totals and, and we're going to go through them. And this is the order that they showed up on DraftKings. I took these uh, projections from them on the 12th of September. By the time you listen to this, they could have changed or been tweaked slightly. The first time I looked at them was on the 6th of September, and they've already changed a little bit from that. So, you know, uh, who knows what these will look like by the time the season, uh, who knows what these will look like by the time the season actually starts. You know, I, I, I don't bet heavily on any of these things. So take that with a grain of salt, but this is just how I would do it. If I were going to bet, I'll probably pick two or three of these to really feel confident about and, and put some money down on and, and back up. If you do bet on these based on any kind of insight you got from me here and you lose, I'm sorry in advance, I'll buy a beer at a Wizards game to try to make up for it or something if you want to uh, call me out on it and, and we can go from there. But let's just start with the Boston Celtics. They have them at 55 and a half games. As I mentioned on the preseason pod or the Eastern Conference preview pod last week, I just don't have a lot of faith on them taking like a huge jump from where they were last year. Last year, they won low 50s. I think they were 51 games. 55 and a half just seems like a lot. There's a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference specifically. And I just don't think they're going to be like several games better than everybody else in the East. So, you know, I, I would definitely take the under on this one to me. I think they're a low 50s win team. And, you know, Al Horford has to age at some point. I think losing Danilo Gallinari hurt. They're really guard heavy. I'm just kind of not loving the roster balance there. So uh, that's why I would take um, probably a couple games under that 55 and a half wins. Next is the Milwaukee Bucks at 52 and a half. This is one I would definitely take the over on personally. They won 51 games last year without, you know, Middleton for large stretches, without Brooke Lopez for most of the season. If they get reasonable health from those guys, this is just the team I feel the safest about and have the most trust in always being good as long as Giannis is on the floor and Drew Holiday's out there making life tough for everybody dribbling the ball past half court. So I would take a slight over on that. I don't think that they're going to be, you know, a 59 win or 62 win team or anything like that, but 55 seems safe. If I were Vegas, I probably would have flip-flopped those Celtics bucks projections, but they obviously know a lot more than I do. So there's something backing that up. I'm sure. Next is the Philadelphia 76ers at 49 and a half wins. And this is another one I'm going to take the over on. I just think that this is, this is a tough team and they make a lot more sense. They've got a lot more like depth and defense kind of across the board on this roster. I think Tyrese Maxey gets better. I think James Harden is probably going to be more settled in for a full season. I think Joel Embiid really wants to win an MVP at some point, And this seems like the opportunity to do it. And, Honestly, his teammate might actually push for one of those as well if they're good. So I think this is another kind of low 50s win team. Uh, let's see. Let's keep this one moving. The Miami Heat, 48 and a half. I took the under on this. I think 47 is somehow like the number I had in my head for them. Kyle Lowry just like got old really fast last season. I felt like he's huge for them. I just need to see it more than one season from some of these guys like Max Drews and Gabe Vincent and people like that before I'm like really willing to believe that, uh, that they're just the real deal. And every year I probably say I'd take the under for the Miami heat and every year they prove me wrong, but, uh, fool me once, you know, <laughs> shame on me. And I just, they're going to keep fooling me probably, but I, I would take the slide under here too. Next is the Atlanta Hawks. 
at 46 and a half wins. Would also take the under again. Uh, I probably went in doubt, lean the under. I guess I'm a pessimistic person, but it just seems like a, a weird fit for me having DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. They both needed the ball a lot to be successful offensively. And that's really everything that DeJounte did in San Antonio to create was kind of with the ball in his hands and running pick and roll. And he's just not going to get to do that as much with Trey. Trey is better at that than him. So I think that's a clunky fit offensively. I think that hurts them. And I don't think that that's sort of the most creative coaching staff of all time. So on offense, at the very least, they'll play hard defensively. I help. I think Murray helps there, but you're just never going to be a great defensive team with Trey Young. So I would assume they take a bigger step back offensively than they do step forward uh, defensively. And, and that's why I'd take the under here. Next is the Brooklyn Nets at 45 and a half wins. When I looked at this a week ago, they were at 50 and a half wins. So I don't know what Vegas knows that we don't, but I just like the balance of this roster like more this season than I did last season. And, I, you know, this is a team that I, I think could actually maybe contend for, you know, the best record in the East or at the very least winning the Eastern Conference come playoff time. So this assumes Kyrie doesn't opt to sit out to, follow Alex Jones around and I don't know, look for underground crystals and secret societies and things like that. But even without him, I, I just still wouldn't bet against, you know, hopefully a healthy Kevin Durant and guys like Joe Harris coming back. So uh, to me, I, I think this is a high forties win team personally. Next is the Toronto Raptors. Their number is 44 and a half. Again, I'm going to take the over 46 just seems like the right number to me for some reason. This is just a young, plucky, a, you know, feisty team. And there's a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. Plus they added Otto Porter Jr., NBA champion Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr. So like, I mean, that has to count for something, right? So I, again, I, I would take like a slight over here with this team. The next is the Chicago Bulls at 43 and a half wins. This was a really tough one for me. I, I just don't like this team. I, again, I think this is another clunky fit. DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic, like they just sort of seem like they get in each other's way. And I don't really love Kobe White and some of these other bench pieces. I have no idea what to think of Patrick Williams yet at this point, but they won 46 games last year and they were like decimated with injuries and COVID cases. So they're probably about the same as probably the smart money. I think that's what conventional wisdom says. I'm not a smart man by all accounts. So that's probably why I would still take the under here very slightly. And if this was like a play-in team to me, I wouldn't be totally surprised. And that's probably not, you know, 44 wins probably doesn't put you like on the lower end of the plane. So yeah, I would take the under with the Bulls. Next is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're 46 and a half uh, is sort of their number. I would take the over with this. Like the team they won, they had, the team they had last year won that many games essentially. And they've added Donovan Mitchell to it. And by the way, Evan Mobley could be a year better. And that was with them missing Jared Allen for a very significant portion of the season. And they were in elite defense with him. They were not very good without him. So if Jared Allen, the you know, is sort of the bellwether for this team, if he's healthy, I think that they've they've taken a big jump. And Mitchell helps them a lot offensively. Karis LeVert doesn't have to do as much. Rubio comes back healthy. Kevin Love is presumably still going to be able to contribute a good amount. So 
I really like them being a really good regular season team. They might be a year away from making a deep playoff run or something like that, but you know, high 40s seems doable to me. Okay, next we have the New York Knicks. Uh, 39 and a half wins. I would take the under on this one. They won 37 last year, I want to say. To me, that's probably the number I kind of have in my head for them again. You know, you could assume that Jalen Brunson helps and that R.J. Barrett gets better, but I just think eventually Tom Thibodeau wears out his welcome with this team because he seems to do that every year. And if they go into like full open mutiny mode, eh, it's going to be tough to win, you know, 40 games. So I would take the under. Next to the Charlotte Hornets at 36 and a half. Once again, I would pound the under. If I were going to go like make a bet right now on any of these, this is the one I would take. I just have no confidence in this Charlotte roster whatsoever. I think Bridges was big for them and, you know, losing him to his knuckleheadedness or, or whatever, you know, however you want to frame that, it, it hurts a lot, I, I think personally. So I don't really get what they're trying to do. Not that I get what the Wizards are trying to do, but yeah, I just, I just don't like this team. I don't trust Gordon, Gordon Hayward to stay healthy. I think LaMelo Ball will like take a jump. Is Terry Rozier going to want to continue to take a backseat to him, especially if Ball gets better and gets even more usage? I don't know. We'll just kind of see how that looks. But to me, I would not feel great about that one. Uh, next, we have our Washington Wizards. This number is 35 and a half right now. Yeah, I got to tell you, I would take the over. Like, I know that's probably stupid and either make some of you are saying, duh, of course, take the over. And some of you are saying, what are you, an idiot? They fool you with this every year. But I always think that the number seems like a little low. And the last couple of years, I've been like pretty close with that number. Although last year I was off a good amount and said 40 wins. So they got me a little bit there with that one. Uh, I had just, if Bradley Beal's healthy for a whole season, I think that gets you high thirties and you get, I don't know, almost two thirds of the season from a healthy Chris Tapps Porzingis. I, I just, I don't see how they don't win like right around 40 ish games. So that would kind of be my numbers, high thirties at the very least, which is enough to make me feel confident saying take the over on 35 and a half. Next is the Detroit Pistons at 28 and a half. I think I would go slight over on this. I think Cade Cunningham is really good. And they added like a lot of guys that are just going to get out and run with him and be active. And they're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to get to play through it. I think the only thing that would hold them back is if the front office like doesn't want them to win more than 28 games. But I think they're just going to let them go out and be young and play and whatever happens, happens. It just feels to me like Cade and some solid pieces around him, Sadiq Bay and people like that are good enough to get, I don't know, around 30 wins. Next is the Orlando Magic. You have... 25 and a half as the number. Once again, I'm going to just take the over again. And this is also assuming they get like a healthy Jonathan Isaac Mack, who I really like as a player, maybe less so uh, for off the court reasons. This is also assuming he chooses to play this year and isn't following like Mike Lindell around on tour or something like that, which by the way, Mike Lindell's book is called What Are the Odds? Crack Addict to CEO. It's an amazing title for a book. Not the guy I would put a lot of faith in personally, but politics aside there, Isaac just has some different kind of thoughts about things. So it's another uh, Kyrie flight risk situa situation. We haven't seen Isaac play in two years because of an ACL injury. So who knows where he's at? Um, and this team could just want another lottery pick realistically. So 
if Powell is as good as I think he is, he's going to get them over 26 wins, probably low 30s again, again, unless that front office starts to sell off parts. I think Wendell Carter Jr. is really good and underrated. And their guards are just good enough to like be solid and play hard and be competing, you know, competing for uh, down the stretch of these, these games against better teams. So that's kind of how I would go. Next is the Indiana Pacers at 24 and a half. This is tough. It's the last couple of years. There aren't a lot of teams that have won like less than 20 games. So 24 and a half is probably right around that number for them. I would say I'd take the over, or excuse me, I would say I would take the under, assuming that they get rid of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. If they keep them and they try to just like be decent enough, which I don't really understand why they do that. I think between Halliburton and Duarte and Matherin, Terry Taylor and all these kind of like aggressive guys for any Terps, Jalen Smith is on that team. I say Jackson, they might have like enough young, lively bodies if they had those two vets still there to take, you know, they end up slightly over that. But again, I still think they kind of sell off pieces eventually. So for me, that's realistically why I would, I would take the under. So again, just sort of to recap here, Celtics 55 and a half, I would take the under. Bucks 52 and a half, I would take the over. Sixers 49 and a half, I would take the over. Heat 48 and a half, I would take the under. Hawks 46 and a half, I would take the under. Nets 45 and a half, I would take the over. Toronto Raptors 44 and a half, I would take the over. Bulls 43 and a half, I would take the under, despite everything in my brain telling me that's probably a poor choice. Cavaliers 46 and a half, I would take the over. Knicks 39 and a half, I would take the under. Hornets 36 and a half, I would take the under. The Wizards 35 and a half, I would take the over. Pistons 28 and a half, I would take the over. Magic 25 and a half, I would take the over. And Pacers 24 and a half, I would take the under. Hopefully, this has been in some way insightful for any of you who are getting ready to make some bets at this point. And hopefully, I didn't steer you wrong. Or if you want to be probably the smarter of the group, just take whatever I said and go the opposite route and try to win yourself some money that way. So we'll see how it shakes out. I figure that'd just be a fun thing to do and kind of walk through. Uh, betting is huge everywhere. So might as well get in on the fun here a little bit. As I mentioned in the intro, next is going to be an interview that we did almost two years ago with Francis Tiafo, now the number 19 ranked tennis player in the world, coming fresh off the heels of a U.S. Open semifinal run. So it's a conversation that Larry and I had with him. Again, great guy from the DMV. And just thought for anyone who hadn't heard this previously, you might enjoy hearing it. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. As always, we are presented by betonline.ag. Don't forget that at the end of the show. All right. With that, let's get to that conversation with Francis. Francis, how's it going? Things are well. Things are well. I mean, I'm just at, at a massive hold right now and and, and ready and ready to uh, to hopefully get it going soon. Are you uh, down in down in Florida at the USDA facility or where you hold up these days? I'm, I'm actually I'm actually based here. I'm actually based here in DC. Um, I mean, I live in the war from entering out of Maryland. So yeah. First off, man, I know you're you know itching and scratching to get back out there and do what you do, man, and praying for this situation to, to pass and we can all get back to, to normal life and do what we do, man. But just got a few questions for you. Some of them have to do with the Wizards. Obviously, you're, you're in D.C. But just as a former player, I, I'd like to know who your who your favorite current player is. For, on the Wizards. On the Wizards. I mean, you got, I mean, you got to say, you got to say real deal, Bill. 
I mean, the guys. Okay. I mean, I mean, he's got an, he's got a completely screwed not getting an all star. I mean, I, he's a walking bucket. He can do anything he wants with the rock. I mean, he's got a wet jump where he can come to the lane. I love his handle. He's, he's really impressed me this season, and the fact that he didn't get All-Star, that one hurt me, too. I mean, he didn't get All-Star, but he's, he may win one of the All-NBA all teams, so that may be a little bit of console right. for him. Right. There's a little longer-term money uh, connected with that All-NBA team, too, when he goes for that, that next exactly, contract. Exactly. So, Francis, um, obviously, you grew up in the D.C. area. You're a big NBA fan overall. Like, How, how big into the Wizards are you uh, Are you overall? Like, Are you are you a diehard, crazy fan, or...? What, what's the deal? I'm a, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty serious fan. I mean, I I've definitely follow all the games. You know, I'm I'm really into it. When I'm home, I go I go to almost every game. I'm really close to Ted. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm definitely invested in my visits, and I definitely want John Wall to get back. I mean, I like our crew. I like our squad. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can have some success in the future. I just want to know, since you're watching a lot of basketball, which player, whether it be a Wizards player or just someone in the NBA, that you would say your game mirrors them on the basketball court? Which player do you feel has the mentality that you have, they have it in the basketball space? One of my best moments, I, I mean, I, I, I got I to gotta say it. I gotta say, Giannis. I mean, I'm, I'm a killer. I don't care who who I'm playing against. It's dope for it. Dope. Like, I just I just want to dub. I want to go eat. So, and seeing him, what he does every night with the Bucks, that is a killer. Obviously, you can put Westbrook in there and guys like that. But a guy who just constantly getting wins and wins and wins, that dude's special, man. Francis, you mentioned like in the Wizard Squad and and some of the young guys and stuff like that. What what do you think of Rui Hachimura so far? I love me some Rui. I think he's definitely a baller. Uh, I, I was pretty impressed. I wouldn't know what to, what to expect. Obviously, would he go eighth or ninth in the overall? So yeah, I mean, obviously coming from that guy, I, I thought he had a you know pretty good season. Obviously, he was out for a little bit there, but you know I like him. I mean, you you think about you put you know you put John back in there with Brad, how he's playing, Rui. Obviously, you have Thomas Bryant, and I mean if even Short Brown Jr. I mean, I, I think it's a decent decent squad. I mean, especially in the East to get at least four or five and get even in the playoffs. I mean, I really like our squad, fully healthy. So so what what have you been doing to to stay in in shape and stay fit? You're able to train, or you're able to, to work with a trainer, you're able to work with teammates. You know, what, what yeah. have you been doing to you know stay sharp? Exactly. I've had um I was, I was working with my with my family and my brother, my girlfriend and, and stuff like that with my fitness coach uh, at a little private gym that I was able to get access to for for about a week, ten days, and then they put us on lockdown, obviously. So yeah, I mean now now I mean I've the garage in my uh my apartment building is massive space and i've been doing like you know agility work sprints and you know skip rope and things like that to kind of do something there in the day yeah, it's been crazy man so so as a guy that's been through two lockouts you know i'm gonna give you advice to stay ready stay exactly. ready so so you don't have to have to get ready you know, exactly I've been through two, two work stoppages this is a, this is a life stoppage but just stay yeah. ready man you know just stay ready push yourself to the limit yeah 100 percent. That, that that's kind of my, my mindset because I want to get back and be as fit as ever and, and just be ready to, to just go full throttle as soon as I step back up. Francis, you obviously play uh, – tennis season is an 11-and-a-half-month season, basically. Um, the, the wear and tear you guys got to put on is, is probably as much as you know any sport. Has this been kind of good for you to be able to take a little bit of a health break and rest up? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I had a bit of a ranking drop, so I, I was actually hungry to kind of play any wells in Miami and get those big events and hopefully go for some big rounds to get my ranking back to – where it was obviously like twenty the twenties, but yeah, now I got time to reflect and, and kind of sit back and just and just know what I got to do when I get back out. And you know, I'm excited for it. Hopefully, this thing cools out. I mean, I was obviously more excited that my family ultimately doesn't have it. Uh, were you out in Palm Springs when when you got news about the season shutting down? Right, right, right. 
right. So we're all there sitting ready to go. All the players are there. And then they're like, all right, it's canceled. And we're all sitting there like, all right. <laughs> so what, what's our next move? Everyone's talking about Miami. And then they then they said, all right, yeah, we're, we're out of job for six weeks. So everyone evacuates. And then they said, um, then they said all right, cool. We're going to come back to June. Then I said, all right, cool. That one thing gets canceled. All right, now now we're going to see you guys in July. <laughs> so we're like, all right, fuck. Now, now we actually feel like it's the NBA offseason break. Yeah, that's that, that's 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 tough, man. We're we're praying that we all can get back to some sort of normal life. You know, let you guys get back to doing doing what you love to do. Again, man, stay stay. Make sure you stay right. Stay in a good headspace. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the plan. So, where are you guys at? I'm in St. Louis. So you talk about Brad Bill. I'm born oh, and raised. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm born and raised in St. Louis and from St. Louis. So I'm glad you picked uh, picked Brad because he's a hometown guy. That's the thing. He must be big over there. I mean, him and Jason Tatum, huh? There you go. Yep, there you go. I mean, he, you, he got, you got a little basketball history. I like it. That's I'm, I'm telling you, man. I love hoops, man. I'm, I'm I'm all over it. But yeah, man, Tatum also popped off this year. I actually thought he played better after the All Star break than than he did even before an All Star. Yeah, that's just that hard work and dedication. Oh, that dude's mean, man. That dude's special. That's what the kind of jump we're looking for from from you once you get back into the twenties here, Francis. That, that's hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm about to get back and do make make some noise like I was in, in the past. Uh, there's a, another uh, famous basketball fan on the ATP tour. Nick Kyrgios is obviously, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of NBA guys follow him and stuff. I mean, he's yeah, that's all me and him talk about. I mean, we talk about hoops. We, get, we both got a ton of jerseys. We talk about hoops nonstop. I mean, he's he definitely loves it. I mean, obviously, every time you see him, he's NBA league pass. He's watching games. <laughs> he absolutely loves it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Man. I think basketball is a great sport. Yeah, I mean, he, when he was in Palm Springs, he went to go see the Bucks and uh, the Lakers showdown. He's a Celtics fan, right? For the most part. Yeah, he's a Celtics fan. I remember, I remember when the Wiz lost to them in seven, uh, sixteen, seventeen season. Man, that hurt. And me and him were just going back and forth. Fucking Kelly Olynyk going for thirty-four. That is that like that's bullshit. But but yeah, I mean, he's he's a big Celtics fan, and I'm a big uh, Washington fan. It seems like that little rival rivalry is pretty special. I mean, they seem like both teams usually bring it when we play against each other. I try to remain professional because I'm around a good amount of these guys in the locker room and stuff like that. But when I saw Kelly Olynyk at, at Summer League this year, he was sitting down a couple rows in front of me. And like, I, I had to resist the urge to talk a little trash there. That one gutted me, too, as a Wizards fan. That, that gutted me. Gutted me. I mean, Kelly Olynyk. Out of all guys, Kelly Olynyk. I got nothing against him. He's a little over. But I mean, Canadian dude, just long ponytail. Doesn't even look like a baller. He just goes and drops 34. I mean, like, come on. Come on, man. Any other guys on the ATP tour that are, would surprise us to know are, are NBA fans too? Um, There's one guy who's, who's been injured for a really long time. Tenacity Kokonak is also an Australian guy. He's actually close to CP3. He, he's a big fan, NBA fan. Um, there's guys who try to bluff and act like they know what they're talking about. There's, there's a lot of guys like that. But as far as like guys who like who like are in it, in it, I would just say, like honestly, like me and Nick, I know Isner played a little hoops growing up, you know, yeah, yeah. being Isner, a big Isner guy. Too. Loves it. Riley Opoka loves it. Tommy Paul loves it. The American guys all are pretty much obsessed with it. Sam Quarry and things like that. Gail Malfis is actually really good at basketball, too. He's Tom an Gale athlete. Loves it because obviously did a bunch of French guys. Um, Tony Parker, obviously, Rudy Gobert, things like that. Yeah, I mean, there's actually there's, there's a decent amount. There's a decent amount. Jack Sox and also. If, if you weren't doing your thing on, on a tennis court, what other sports you think you could, could compete at at a professional level? Man, I was I'm one of the I was one of those dudes. Obviously, I 
obviously I played hoops and stuff as a kid when I was younger, but man, I was one of those dudes that, like, you know, I saw tennis as, as you know, a definitely an opportunity for me and my family to get out of the situation where we're in and put everybody in a better situation. So I was locked in in tennis, man. That's all I did. That's all I cared about when I was a young. And, uh, obviously now, you know, I'm in a good place. I, you know, follow the sports and, I, and I, my eye catches other, other things. But back then, you know, I had to, I, I was lazy then and, and, you know, this, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. So, yeah, I only really played tennis primarily growing up. I know you guys, your, your pops was working at a training facility. Right. Do you feel like that that was an advantage to, to you as far as your development, you know, early on, just having access to, to Browns to, to train? 100%. I mean, I, the only thing that was at a tennis court longer than me was like the net post. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was at the court all day. You know, I, I cherish it. I love that. I still do. You know, even right now, I'm missing it a lot. You know, I, that's the only thing I wanted to do. Um, I was able to get a lot of access time and even hear the coaches, you know, when they're coaching other people, seeing what they're doing, I would go try it on my own when, when they wouldn't let me go in the full-time program or, or the after-school program when I was really young. Kind of just picking dudes' brains, asking questions, and just kind of just being a sponge. Do you still keep in touch with a lot of the JTCC guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaching stuff, yeah. I mean, even even the players that grew up with me, they, they're my best friends now. Obviously, you know, them seeing me on the tour, they were following me, or just like cheering me on. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And, you know, yeah, those relationships you kind of keep forever. And, you know, those those things, those relationships where Prince T, if it wasn't a name, you know, you kind of cherish those. You know, not one of those guys kind of lacks on that. So uh, one of the big highlights in the way you burst onto the scene was a U.S. Open match against Roger Federer, that, where you guys had a long five-setter. Uh, what's yeah. what's it like to play a guy like that and, and compete at that level and, and show everybody that you can hang with the best in the business? Yeah, man, that was that was special, man. That was that was that was, that was definitely you know special. It reminded me of that you know at first you know Iris and MJ. It was kind of like yo, man, like I'm 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 here and I'm going to show the whole world like it's not just you know. A name, you know, I'm 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 here to make some noise tonight, and I it's funny because I went into that match. I was like, man, I'm I'm not here to have a good match. I'm here to beat this guy, and obviously, I almost did. So yeah, there, there was a lot of hype after that, and to do that there in New York, cause I always told my family, I'm gonna play Roger Federer on that court one day, and to and to have that happen was was pretty special. What's the one goal that you know that you set that trumps every other goal that that you have in place thus far? What's that one goal uh, that's on the top of your board uh, that you're chasing every day? Well, other than other than obviously being great and trying to win Grand Slams and things like that, I mean, my my personal massive goal is to to leave. I mean, a, a massive legacy is to have you know people of color not only want to play the game of tennis, but to be great in whatever field they're in, to be inspired of what Frank Steve did. I mean, kind of like what, you know what happened to Kobe, seeing how it affected everybody, no matter what you did, if you were you know a doctor, lawyer, if you back in groceries like that, that hurts you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you know part of you was got was gutter than just because. Everybody knew what he gave to his sport. Everybody knew what he gave to other people. And, you know, give people a chance to, to be somebody like that. That's what it's all about. Chasing greatness, man. Keep going. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Larry obviously competed with and against the the two guys that most people consider the GOAT on the basketball side in, in Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So, two-part question for you, Francis. You've also competed against two of the people in consideration for tennis GOAT in Roger Federer and Nadal. On the basketball side, who would you take? And on the tennis side, who would you take? <sighs> He's putting me here. Uh, look, man, I mean, Braun's obviously my time, right? Braun's obviously my time. But, I mean, 6-0? and oh, I mean, dude, like, what are we talking about? Like, 6-0? and oh, Like, I, I got to say MJ. Like, I mean, you see this highlight. Like, 6-0, and oh, what are we talking about, bro? <laughs> I mean, this dude's like, MJ with the flu? Bro, come on, man. Dude's best game. They can't even play an MJ with the flu game. So I'm going to go MJ, man. And then as far as, you know, Roger and Rafa, I mean, they're tight right now with 20 slams and 19 slams. 
But I mean, playing both of them, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say, Roger. I'm a Roger fan. I, li- I like how easy the game comes to him. Everything he's done for the sport. I mean, his legacy is gonna live for years and years. I mean, he's he's forever. Even if these guys pass him, Roger's that dude. Man. I'm with you on both. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got for the for the goat, Larry? On basketball. Court? Oh, if, if basketball players, it's MJ. Right? MJ. He's he's done it all. He's he's you know the guy that I look to. You know, on and off the court. Obviously, play with with Bron, and how I always say it is: if you look at you know if you look at the Jordan man, you look at the Jordan symbol. You know, you got MJ there, you got Bron just hanging on to that shoe. Right, that's how close he is. He's just hanging on to that shoe. He's not going anywhere. He's there for life. That's how I see it. Trust. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, Francis, thanks for taking a couple minutes with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're, we're a DMV sports focused podcast here, you know, obviously primarily basketball, but we love showing a, a little love and support for, for you as well. So appreciate you taking the time. Keep us posted and hopefully you can, uh, you can get back out on the court here soon. Thanks, man. Y'all take care. Man, keep going, young fella. Yeah, thanks, man. You too. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.